Welcome back to Round the Cauldron. I'm Megan, here to shed light on Wicca from a modern perspective. This podcast is produced every Monday, sometimes educational, sometimes philosophical, and always honest. Remember to follow the show on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Round the Cauldron, on Twitter at Round the Cauldron without the D, and at my website, roundthecauldron.com. You can also help support this show by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron. There, you can pledge as little as a dollar a month to get patron-only perks. Don't forget to check out my shop as well at roundthecauldron.com shop to see the tarot readings and crochet items that I offer. Don't forget that if you sign up to be a patron over on Patreon during the month of August, you will get a special handwritten thank you note from me as well as a surprise. So head on over to Patreon at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron and join me for as little as a dollar a month. If you can't pledge anything or you don't want to, that's 100% okay. I would also just appreciate if you shared the show with your friends, family, and whoever else you think would listen. That helps me out too. Are you ready to hop into today's topic? Grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me around the cauldron. Today, what I wanted to talk about was being eco-friendly and the idea of zero waste. So, so within Wicca, we know that one of our main goals is harm none, right? So that goes for the environment as well. And most Wiccans that I've met try to do all of the all that they can to reduce their carbon footprint, to reduce the pollution that they produce, and essentially live a greener life. Okay, so I wanted to go through and talk a little bit about that today. Now, I'm not going to lie. I try to do as much as I can to be eco-friendly. Um, I've I really just sort of delved into the rabbit hole that is YouTube's zero waste and minimalist community. And I found that it's actually something that really hits home for me. Um, just because of my my beliefs and the fact that I do need to try harder to do what I can to be more zero waste and eco-friendly. So let me get my notes here because I took notes. So I went through and I did some research and came up with some facts about pollution and green living. And for those watching on YouTube, all of the links for these sources will be in the description below. For my podcast listeners, all of the links will be in the show notes. Each of these facts, um, I have six listed here. They all have sources. So like I said, those will be linked either in the description or the show notes, depending on how you watch or listen to the show. So the first fact is that trash has been found in the deepest part of our ocean. Man-made waste, man-made products have been found in the Mariana Trench. Now, if you don't know what the Mariana Trench is, it is, it is the deepest part of the ocean. And it's a part of the ocean that should be untouched by man. Um, now, obviously, it's not untouched by man because someone went down and explored it in their submarine. But... It should be unpolluted. There should be no trash in the Mariana Trench. I mean, there should be no trash in the ocean at all. But the Mariana Trench especially, 
that is one of the parts of the ocean that is really unknown to us still. It's really foreign to us as a species because it's so deep and it's hard to get there and really explore what the Mariana Trench has to offer. Now, the second fact here that I have is according to the National Geographic. This fact might have changed a little bit because the source that I have here is from 2017. Um, but in 2017, National Geographic found that there is a floating mass of trash in the ocean the size of Mexico. And I think this might be the same as the, the next fact that I have, which is that the Great Pacific Garbage Patch floating in the ocean is more than, um, what is it? Uh, it's estimated to be around 600,000 square miles, and that is twice the size of the state of Texas here in the United States. And that's just, you know, trash floating around in the ocean, and the reason it gets stuck there in a sort of patch is because of the way the ocean currents go. So when the ocean when the ocean is moving and all of the currents are going and converging, there are actually several spots in the ocean that there are garbage patches. And I have a source for that as well, according to the National Atmospheric or National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association. Um, they say that there's not just one floating garbage patch, there are several. Um, however, they do say that the, the way that we view the floating garbage patches is not the way that they actually are. So when we picture in our head a floating patch of garbage on the ocean, what we picture is typically something like a landfill, just a huge pile of trash in the middle of the ocean, just circling around where the currents meet. Um, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association, that's not exactly how it presents itself. Um, but regardless, it, the trash shouldn't be there anyway. So another thing that I found um, is according to, according to a study done in 2015, um, it's posted on Science Magazine, sciencemag.com I think is what it was, um, but they found that in 2010, an estimated 4.8 to 12.7 million metric tons were dumped into the ocean. Million, million metric tons. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot of trash. That's a lot of man-made material that shouldn't be in the ocean. And it was just dumped there. It wasn't just like an accident or, well, maybe it was. I don't know the circumstances around this study and what they consider to be dumping. But regardless, the trash shouldn't be there. It's the ocean, for crying out loud. There shouldn't be plastic bags and plastic bottles floating around the surface of the ocean. There shouldn't be plastic bags and plastic bottles getting stuck in coral reefs. They shouldn't be there at all. And then um, another, another article that I read, it's dated in 2016, so I don't know how accurate what they found still is, but the Washington Post um, said that if we don't change our ways, essentially, as a species, then by the year 
2050, plastic will outweigh fish pound for pound in the ocean. There will be more plastic per pound than fish in the ocean where they belong with the other stuff that doesn't belong there. Like, it just blows my mind. Like, how can we as a species and we as a society let this continue? I mean, I know there's people out there who are like, eh, whatever, I don't need to recycle. There's a million other people that recycle. But that's not how I see it. I see it as every single one of us needs to do our part to take care of the planet. I mean, it's the only one we've got, guys. I mean, well, for now, who knows if in whenever uh, they are going to figure out how to live on Mars or the moon or whatever. I don't even know. I think it's outrageous that we're, as a society, considering going to another planet and living in another planet because the planet that we have here is going to shit. You know why it's going to shit? I'll tell you a little secret. Um, you know, it's the humans. The humans have done the humans have done it. Mm, there's there's not much else to it. We know that climate change is real. We know that even without humans, even if even without the industrialization and the burning of fossil fuels, climate change would still be a thing. However, we also know, as far as I'm aware, that with the human contribution, it has sped up and, like, oh, there's a word I'm thinking of. It has sped up the process. It has made the process worse. Um, it has made, made climate change more than what it would have done naturally. I think that makes sense. I think I said that right. Um, I will post a link to that as well. Um, I think I bookmarked it on my computer, but I have to go back and find it. Um, so as, as a Wiccan, as a person of a faith who reveres nature and of a spiritual practice who believes that we, you know, we're put here for, we're put here for a reason, if you believe like I do. Um, and we need to take care of the planet that we've been given because, like I said, it's the only one we have. What are we going to do in 50 years when we have to wear a gas, ma gas mask outside to breathe the air because it's so polluted? You know, that's, that's an exaggeration. Maybe. I don't even know. Um, what are we going to do when a, a single crop system fails because a single crop only pulls out certain nutrients from the soil rather than alternating crops and, you know, growing corn in one crop and grain in the other and then the next season switching it and growing grain in one crop and corn in the other so that it balances out the nutrients. We don't, we don't see that anymore with the, the, um, the mass farming that we have, the commercial farming industry that we have. Um, what are we going to do when we run out of land for agriculture to take care of all of the animals that are being raised for food? What are we going to do when we run out of agricultural land to grow food for those animals, but to grow food for ourselves? 
you know, we don't have unlimited resources here on this planet. And I think that we need to take better care of the planet that we have. We need to be more mindful of the resources that we're using, where those things come from, how they're made, um, or how they're mined, or how they're cultivated. Um, And make sure that we're doing it in a sustainable way that's not going to harm the planet, that's not going to harm us as a species, and that that's not going to harm the future generations. Because what I'm thinking about is if things are allowed to continue in the way that they're going, um, and if environmental agencies are continuously defunded by the current administration, um, if the environmental and scientific agencies are not allowed to spread the truth, um, like has happened in the past where they have been censored. What's the world going to look like for my child when she's my age? What's the world going to look like in 20 years? What's the world going to look like in 50 years? Where the, Will there even be people still here? Will we have died out as a species? Or will we be going towards that? that point all because of causes that were our own i i can't i can't stand by and allow that to happen because as a mother i want the best for my child and i'm going to do everything i can to give that to her even if i'm not here you know a 100 years down the line you know she won't be here a hundred years down the line either, but her kids will. Her kids' kids will. What about them? What kind of legacy are we leaving for the future generations if we don't take care of the planet that we have now? And I know there's a group of children, um, a group of young people. I don't know their approximate ages. I will find a link and put that in the description and the show notes. But they are successfully suing I don't know if they're suing the um, the United States government, if they're suing the United Nations. I'm not sure who they're suing, um, but they are successfully suing for a, um, oh gosh, what is it? Oh, I can't remember what it is, but they're, they're successfully suing somebody over the fact that not enough is being done by governmental agencies and governments in general to ensure the quality of our planet for future generations. And, you know, I applaud those kids. I applaud those young people because that's not something I have the option to do right now. And you know what? They're right. They are absolutely right. Everyone should be held accountable for the actions that they're taking that are going to screw up the planet for the next generation, that are going to screw up the planet for the next 10 generations. They should be held accountable for that. And, ooh, I sort of went on a little rant there. <sighs> uh, anyways, um, so this idea has really been something that's always been on my mind. You know, I do what I can, I suppose. I recycle... Um, I don't drive anywhere that I don't have to, things like that. But 
After getting lost down the rabbit hole of zero waste and minimalism and eco-friendly videos on YouTube, it's really motivated me, I guess, to do more because seeing all of that and then doing all of my own research, we are in trouble. Our planet is in trouble. Our species is in trouble. And there is something that we can do about it. Um, you know, just because you're one person doesn't mean that you don't have the ability to do change in the world, however small that change is. Because wouldn't you rather make one small change to make a difference than make no small change at all? I would. I, I definitely would. So I've gathered a list here of some things that you can do on your own to be more eco-friendly, to be um, more zero waste and to live a greener life. So I'm going to go through and talk about some of those as well. So one of the first ideas that I have listed here is to be more re uh, resource aware. So know where your products are coming from, know where they're made, where they're grown, where they're harvested, where they're mined from, how are they made, um, are they made with fossil fuels, are they made with petroleum byproducts. Um, really be more conscious of the resources that you're using. And, you know, this goes for everything. So in my house, my daughter, my six-year-old, she has a really, really bad habit of leaving lights on everywhere throughout the house. And it's been going, it's been going on for a while. She got out of the habit um, for a little bit, but she's gotten back into the habit. Um, and when, when she was younger, what I did is to break her of the habit was whenever she would leave a light on, she'd have to go into, go into that room, look at the light switch, say, I'm sorry, light switch, and then turn the light switch off. Now, part of it is because she felt silly apologizing to a light switch, so she got tired of doing it, so she turned the lights off. The other part of it is I want her to be aware that just because you can flip a light switch and the lights come on, at least here where we live, I know not everybody is that fortunate, um, but part of it is teaching her to be grateful for the fact that we do have access to electricity and to also be aware that yes, the electricity is currently in our home and running through our wires and our power lines. However, that electricity does need to be generated. And so the more we use and the more we leave on, the more electricity that has to be generated to replace what we were using. So it's conservation, which is um, the, actually the next thing on my list. So we want to conserve as much energy as possible. That includes um, the electricity, the gas, um, any resources that you use, you really want to conserve those resources as, as much as possible, especially when it comes to something like fossil fuels, because fossil fuels are not a renewable source of energy. They're not. So again, conserve energy, conserve gas, 
conserve your fossil fuel use, conserve your water, you know, don't just turn the water on to brush your teeth and leave the water on while you're brushing your teeth. Why would you do that? The water is running and you're not even using it. Just turn the water off. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Um, and so we do that. We do that when brushing our teeth. We do that when we're doing anything in the kitchen and we need to use the sink. Um, I don't like to use the dishwasher unless the dishwasher has a full load. What I've started doing now is um, only putting things in the dishwasher that need the high heat. Um, so if it's like a fork or a knife or something that we use for mayonnaise or something that uh, is easily cleaned without the dishwasher, I go ahead and just wash it by hand, set it to dry. However, pots and pans, anything that held raw meat, eggs, anything like that that needs the high heat and that needs to be able to kill that bacteria, um, I go ahead and put that in the dishwasher. Now, I know there's a flip side to that because hand washing your dishes doesn't always kill all of the bacteria on it, but you got to make sure that you're using a good soap um, and really cleaning the dishes in, in warm water or the hot water. But I know the dishwasher, at least our dishwasher, does get hotter um, and it has like a, a steam and it has a heated dry. So that's, that's what I use that for. Um, I also only wash laundry if I have a full load. I will not wash half a load of laundry. I, I can't bring myself to wash half a load of laundry. Um, now we're, we're grateful to have a washer that senses the weight of your clothes in the washing machine and actually adjusts the water level to that. So we don't have to turn our washer on to like um, low, medium, high, I think that's what it is. Um, to account for the water level and how, how much laundry is actually in the washer. Our washer will sense the load, adjust the water, and go from there. What we have control over is the, uh, the soil level, so we can put it on either um, a very light clean, a light clean, a normal, a heavy clean, or an extra heavy clean, depending on what, what is washed. Um, now, we do have a dryer. Uh, the reason we have a dryer is because it's not it's not feasible for us to hang dry our clothes here where we live. Um, I could hang them all over the house if I could find a place to put them, but I don't have a place to put them. We live in a, a small house and there's really, honestly, there's really just no room. Our washer and dryer aren't even side by side. They're stacked to take up less space. Um, I would line dry outside, but we live on the top of a hill with a lot of wind and most of our property uh, is dirt. So we get a lot of dust flying around our house and there's no point in putting clean, wet clothes outside just for the wind to blow and the clothes to get dirty again. So we use a dryer. Um, another thing that you could do is plant trees or flowers or um, anything like that. Planting trees would be really helpful depending on where you live just to bring more oxygen and really cut down on the carbon dioxide that's in the air. Um, and also it, it can help fight deforesta deforestation. Um, there's actually a search engine that I just started using thanks to somebody that I started watching on YouTube. Um, oh goodness, I forget what it's called, but I'll link it below. And what they do is all of the profits that they get from the search engine 
and they're running advertisements and things like that, actually go to fight deforestation. So they use that money to plant trees and help regrow our forests and those natural habitats. Um, again, I'll link that in the description and I'll put it in the show notes too. Um, something else that you can do is if you have the ability to is um, change your travel habits. Now, this might not be possible for everyone. Um, that's fine. But if you have the ability to, consider changing your travel habits. You know, if you have to drive to work every single day, maybe you can find someone to carpool with every week. Maybe you guys can start like a, a carpool thing at work where one person drives each week. And if there's five of you, then that cuts down on the emissions from four other vehicles on the road. You know, over the course of time, yeah, doing it once or twice might not seem like a lot, but over the course of time, that's a lot of emissions that you're cutting out of the air and uh, cutting down on the pollution. And I think that's wonderful. Um, if you have the ability to ride your bike to work, then do that. Um, you can also consider taking a bus or walking. So for me, I, for one, I no longer go to a day job. I used to have to drive 30 to 45 minutes to work and then 30 to 45 minutes back home. So it was anywhere, I think it was roughly 25 miles one way every single day. Um, yeah. And so that really, for one, it puts a lot of wear on your car. And for two, that's a lot of emissions that are being put into the air by a vehicle on a daily basis. And I know I'm not the only person that has to make that drive. There's a person that I worked with who drives an hour to work every single day. Um, so like where we work is here, where I live is here. She actually lives over here. So she had to drive all the way to work and then she drives all the way back every single day. And so cutting down on those emissions is great if you can do it. Again, if you can't, it's not a big deal. I mean, well, it is, in the grand scheme of things, I guess it is a big deal, but I don't want you to feel guilty if you can't do it, okay? Um, so then you can also cut down on your fossil fuel use because, like I said earlier, we know fossil fuels are not a sustainable source of energy. They are not renewable. Once they're gone, they're gone. Um, so really try to cut down on your use of gas and fossil fuel-based products. So that's going to be anything petroleum-based, um, like I said, gas, oil. There's, there, honestly, there are so many things that are made out of fossil fuels or that use fossil fuels. It's insane. Like, it's crazy. If you have the opportunity to cut down on your use of fossil fuels, do it. Because, for one, you'll, you'll use less of them so they will last longer. And for two, burning fossil fuels is actually really, really bad for the environment and for the air pollution. So, either way, it's a win-win. Something else you can do is to buy local. So if you have the opportunity to buy local produce, do that because you are supporting local farmers. You are getting fresher food, and you are inadvertently 
cutting out some of the fossil fuels that are being used because those farmers and people who are selling their produce locally do not have to have their produce trucked all over the country or all over the world. So if you have that opportunity, buy local, then buy local. Um, if you don't, buy them at the grocery store. It's fine. Um, so then there are some other things. I'm going to just list them really quick and then I'll talk about all of them. Um, reduce, reuse, and recycle. So the three R's. Um, you can compost. You can buy, um, buy your things recycled or buy them secondhand. And you can eat less meat. Um, oh, you can also grow your own food. So the three R's are typically the things that we're told to do all the time. Reduce, reuse, recycle. So reduce goes along with the conservation. Reuse goes along with buying secondhand and recycle is kind of obvious. Um, one thing that I didn't know was the amount of things that can actually be recycled. There are so many things that I just, that I didn't even think about, you know, and I feel really bad about them because as a kid, I was taught paper can be recycled, aluminum can be recycled, rubber can be recycled, you know, all of those things can be recycled. And here where I live, each uh, household, we have a garbage can, but we also have a recycling bin. The garbage is picked up every week. The recycling is picked up every two weeks. So the things that I can put in my recycling bin that are free to recycle are things like um, plastic, aluminum and tin, cardboard. Though um, so there's a whole bunch of other things. I can put a list up for that too in the description and in the show notes. Um, but if you have one of those blue bins, use it. You know, don't just let it sit there and be empty and throw away all of your things that could actually go into that blue bin and be recycled. There are some things that can't go in that blue bin, like glass. Um, glass cannot go in our blue bins. Um, rubber can't go in our blue bins. There's, there's things that they don't accept at those recycling plants. However, just because they don't accept them at those particular recycling plants doesn't mean there's not an area or a place in your area that can recycle glass and rubber and um, oil and things like that. So do your research on that. Figure out what's in your area that you can um, use to recycle those things. A lot of things are free to recycle. A lot of things you will actually get paid for recycling, like cans and bottles. We do that separate from our blue bin because we get money back. Um, and then there are some things that you do have to pay to recycle. And those are going to be some of the things that are larger. I know sometimes um, appliances you have to pay to recycle. Um, oh, I just had it in my brain. Uh, scrap metal. You might have to pay to recycle scrap metal depending on where you live. Um, but what you can also do is use things like Facebook Marketplace or offer up or Craigslist and post it on there and say like, hey, I have a bunch of scrap metal free to whoever wants to come and pick it up, you know, and there are people out there who will actually use that scrap metal or they'll take it themselves and recycle it. And that's a better option than throwing it in the trash or taking it to the dump. Something else that you do or that you can do that you have the option of doing is buying recycled or secondhand products. Um, so a lot when I live when I lived on my own uh when we lived on our own me and my boyfriend and our daughter most of the stuff in our house was secondhand um the couches were given to us 
the dining room table I got for like 20 bucks at Goodwill. Um, my daughter's bed, I got it from a friend that I, I bought it from them. I think the only thing that we really bought was a TV. One of the TVs had been given to us. The other TV we had actually had for a really long time. I think we actually still have it. It's in my daughter's room right now. Um, but buy secondhand. There's no need to buy new if you can find it at Goodwill or Salvation Army or Thrift Shop or anything like that. There's nothing wrong with buying things that other people have said, here, I don't need this anymore. What's one man's trash is another person's treasure, you know? It, it sounds kind of tacky, but it's really not. It's a good way to reduce the amount of trash that's put out into the environment and into our system as a society. Um, you can also buy things recycled. So a lot of things are made out of recyclable products today. So you can buy like recycled printer paper. You can buy recycled toilet paper. You can like there's so many things that you can buy that have already been recycled. So if you're going to use the product like like toilet paper, I know there's a lot of cultures that don't use toilet paper, which I live in the United States. We all use toilet paper here as far as I'm aware. Um I, I don't currently have another another option. Um, but uh, like paper towels, then if you want to use those things and you don't want to completely, you're not ready to completely cut them out of the things that you buy, then consider buying recycled. It might cost a little bit more, but that that cost is worth it, in my opinion, if you can do it. So, I mean, there's... There are so many things that you can do to be more eco-friendly, to live more zero waste, that, I, I mean, there's resources all over the internet. And if this is something that you are wanting to do, then I do recommend taking some time and researching those options, researching the things in your area that you can do and the recycling places um, for where you live, um, taking advantage of the space that you do have to really go the extra, go the extra step if you can. And I want to end this by saying that I don't want anyone to feel guilty if these aren't things that you can do. There's not, I can't do a lot of, I can't do a lot of these. And that's because I don't live in my own household, basically. We, um, we, rent from with we live with my parents we're like roommates though because they pay half the bills we pay half the bills so it's it's like a roommate situation um so we do that and everything has to really be agreed upon by everybody in the home before decisions like that are made now the one thing that I was really proud of <laughs> is I actually convinced my parents to quit buying paper plates. And, you know, that that was a big thing for me because I, they're really wasteful in my opinion. Um, and they're not really the paper plates. They were the styrofoam kind. Uh, but I convinced them to quit buying them. And that was that. So slowly but surely, if you do live with other people, if you bring up these ideas, 
they might be receptive to them. Um, if you don't bring up the ideas, then you'll never know. However, some of these things do cost money. Some of these things do take extra time and extra resources. So if you don't have the extra money um, or the extra resources to do some of these things, I don't want you to feel guilty because there are so many of us out there who do have the opportunities to do these extra things. And a lot of those people are not taking the time and spending the energy to do them. So if you can't, please don't feel guilty. That's like the, that's like the last thing that I want is for you to feel guilty over not being able to recycle your aluminum or carpool to work. Like, that's the last thing I want. Okay. So, yeah. Um, just be more eco-friendly, try to be as zero waste as possible, and live a greener life. Until next time, everyone. Bye.